0: From the Cyber Hub bunker in studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub podcast, canning down the days until a fat man with a beard and a red suit starts coming down people's chimneys, social engineering our kids with gifts. Christmas is only just a few short days away. And as many of you know, people are starting to really get in the holiday spirit. And we've got a lot to talk about that today. So stay tuned. We're live on your favorite social media and video viewing platforms. Places like YouTube and LinkedIn and X and Twitch and Facebook and Instagram and so many others. Check it out there. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Also find us on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, can find all the latest and greatest there as well. So, thank you all for being with us this morning. We've got a really, really busy show in front of you on the screen. If you're watching, you can see our Substack. Our Substack is full of content, it's in a great way for you to be part of our show and part of our community. We've got community chat there. We've got so much going on on our Substack, including some great articles. Yesterday, we uh, reposted one of my favorite interviews with Olivia Rose, uh, the CISO at Rose group right now um an amazing conversation so relevant you can go check that out later today we're dropping uh, our our, one of our two-part articles around the un and the un's failure on human rights doesn't point anything towards their cyber treaty that they're trying to work on so go you can do that that article will be exclusive to our members and if you become a member You get one of these awesome espresso travel mugs, which is perfect for the holiday season. You're going out, you're traveling, you want your warm espresso. This is the the thing to carry. It's luxurious. It's perfect. Go to our Substack, .substack JamesAzar.substack.com. now. Let's go ahead and get started. Join me for our coffee cup of the morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Let's start off with the news that's got everyone kind of celebrating. But should we be celebrating? And what does the past tell us about these? specific news. The FBI is reporting that they've been able to successfully seize the Alpha 5 or Black Cat ransomware gang that's raked in more than $300 million from over 1,000 victims. 75% of those victims are in the United States. The additional 250 of the 1,000 victims of Black Cat are outside the U.S. They demanded nearly 500 million or half a billion dollars in ransom, they received nearly $300 million in ransom payments. In the joint advisory today, in the collaboration, the CISA and the FBI they have also shared mitigation measures to help defenders and critical infrastructure organizations reduce the impacts and risks associated with the ransomware group's attacks. The two agencies have provided IOCs and TTPs that were identified by the FBI as recently as December 6th of this year. These guys surfaced nearly two years ago and in November of 2021, they have rebranded from the notorious Dark Side or Black Matter ransomware operation. So that's what they were. Then in 2021, we took down Dark Side and Black Matter. And then they came back as Black Cat. And originally they these guys went after Colonial Pipeline. Um, and because they did that, there was a whole bunch of wrath going on there so they essentially went under some people were obviously uh, arrested their infrastructure was taken down um and so we thought we were done with them but we weren't they came back with a new version a different name a more prolific than previous and today the doj is reporting that they were able to breach the operation server successfully monitoring activities they've obtained decryption keys so if you were a victim of black cat it's likely that you have around uh, you have the decryption keys, and you'll be able to recover some of your files for free that's saving around sixty eight million dollars in ransom demand that are currently out there uh part of the ransomware group, but that's not all the FBI seizing these according to the search warrant that was unsealed today, they've engaged with a confidential human source to sign up and become an affiliate for the Black cat ransomware operation. They were interviewed by the ransomware operators. They were provided login credentials to the back-end affiliate panel. The panel is not public. It's only meant to be used by gang operators and affiliates, allowing them to manage extortion campaigns and negotiate ransoms with a company. Under a separate federal search warrant, the FBI accessed the panel to determine how it operated. If the affiliate is actively engaging with a victim infected with the ransomware, they can select the entity using the dashboard or select the campaign's man. I mean, these guys really operated a business here. 300 million dollars in payments in this business in two years talk about a unicorn these features allow affiliates to engage victims through the entire negotiation process using the access to fbi obtained the private decryption keys used in attacks created a decryptor that has helped over 400 victims recover their files for free however it's unclear how they obtained those decryption keys or if they were made uh, or they they have been uh, as they would have been unavailable to an affiliate. The theory is that the FBI used its internal access to find vulnerabilities, uh, built exploits, and then recovered those things. And they saved it all to an alleged flash drive. There's that there. But Black Cat for their end aren't taking this one laying down. They say we're reseized our website. Is <coughs> excuse me is what these. Gentlemen behind this, we've unseized the website and we're lifting targeting rules for critical infrastructure. They're essentially saying, You come after us. We were playing by a set of rules, and now we're not going to play by any rules. Um, a lot of people doubt that. Simply, all they did was likely repoint the server somewhere else, uh, which in the Tor network would be very doable. So they would just reroute, they'd launch a new server, toward wouldn't know the difference between the first and the second, and just look for. The one that's associated with the address uh, being that these guys are allegedly based in russia there's also very little law enforcement could do since there's no extradition and no agreements around cybercrime between the west uh and russia specifically between the us and russia um the gang is thought to be based out of there the seizure is at least the second time this year that authorities have throtted one of these ransomware operators But what does this really tell us? Can we celebrate today? Can we say a prolific actor has been taken out? And my answer is no, because we've seen this done before. It's a temporary fix to a permanent solution. It's a temporary fix to a significant issue. What do I mean? I mean, we take down their infrastructure, but we don't really disrupt them. We can't arrest these guys because they're in a place where they can be extradited. So all they're going to do is they're going to regroup, refactor. They've got $300 million to do this with, right? So and they're just going to go back and do it something different. And we'll see him again under a different name in six months, a year, two years, whatever that is. Right. They'll be back and they'll be back and at it. And we'll have to contend with those results as well. And so. This is a great move by the FBI, took him two years, took him a very long time to bring these guys down, right? Because we're we're trying to play uh, uh, some sort of legal framework. Uh, for these foreign adversaries when this should be a foreign nation attacking our businesses, which should have different implications. Meaning anytime a cyber great, here's an idea. Anytime a cyber group that's based in Russia, China, or anywhere else attacks an American business and paralyzes critical infrastructure, we should shut down a consulate for that host nation. We should impose some sort of sanctions on that host nation to give them an incentive to target these folks, even if some of them are state-sponsored. And I believe Blackout is state-sponsored. I can believe many of the Chinese ones are. But shut down a consulate, take away something, reduce the number of visas you give to their citizens, do something that would be felt and would exhume pressure on these countries. We don't do that. It's 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 This whole game is fixed to begin with. In other news, a six-month operation by Interpol named Hachi4 targeted business email compromise, e-commerce fraud, investment fraud, voice phishing, money laundering, and associated with illegal online gambling, romance scams, and online extortion schemes. The authorities blocked 82,000 bank accounts, seized more than $199 million in hard currency, and another $101 million in crypto. More than 360 virtual asset accounts were also frozen according to interpol 75 percent of the cases investigated as part of the operation were related to investment fraud business email compromise and e-commerce fraud schemes the operation led to an arrest of a high-profile online gaming criminals who evaded authorities for two years europol published its 2023 organized crime threat assessment uh, the link is in the show notes accompanying a I- I- iocta spotlight report noting that investment fraud and bc schemes remain prolific so just in the last 24 hours, we've identified $600 million of stolen money, that's wealth, that's being transferred from people who worked hard for their money, who earned their money. That could be their retirement money. That could be their kids' money, college fund, whatever that is, going to these criminals. So in this specific one, they don't really uh, uh, talk about where these suspects happened, although they arrested approximately 3,500 suspects. In 34 different countries. Um, but how much of that money is going to make it back to the victims and so forth? That still remains to be seen again. Good days for law enforcement. The question is when you prosecute these guys, are you setting the example? Should we be rethinking the laws? Should we have tougher and, and stricter uh, uh punishments for these types of criminals? We've got to create a deterrence. That deterrence doesn't really exist right now. It doesn't. Um, I know many of you would disagree with that. The data breach disclosed yesterday by Xfinity is impacting 36 million individuals, according to uh, U- According to the company telling U.S. authorities. The company's press release and customer notice doesn't include information on the number of affected individuals. Xfinity told the Maine Attorney General's Office that the data breach impacted 35,879,455 people. Comcast recently uh, reported having roughly 32 million customers, which suggests the data bre- breach uh, uh, impacted all Xfinity customers and possibly employees as well. This is being attributed to the Citrix bleed CVE uh, 2023 49 or 66 as we talked about on yesterday's show. So apparently this is all of the customers are there as well. A Chinese speaking threat actor group behind the smishing triad has been observed masquerading as the UAE Federal Authority for Identity and Citizenship sending malicious SMS messages with the ultimate goal of gathering information from residents and foreigners in the country. These criminals send malicious links to the victim's mobile device through SMS or iMessage, um, use URL shortening services like Bitly to randomize the links they send. Smishing tried was first documented uh, by the uh, cybersecurity company in September of 2023, highlighting the group's use of compromised Apple iCloud accounts to send smishing, smishing messages for carrying out identity theft and financial fraud. The threat actor is also known to offer ready-to-use submission kits for sale to other cyber criminals. The fraud-as-a-service model enables Smishing to try to scale their operations by empowering other criminals to leverage their tooling and launch independent attacks. Now, why would they do that? A few things. One, the UAE, the government there does a lot of their work through SMS, so this is a great way to do it. They can get you to fill out online forms. Very common in the UAE. The UAE is a very pro positive technology type of government they don't really believe in a lot of paper almost everything is computerized everything's online when i lived there getting everything anything done was typically an sms you get a speeding ticket you get an sms letting you know here's the link to pay it it's it's that easy um that simple so uh the chinese are taking advantage of it the uae is a hotbed of many successful business people many wealthy people who live there from places like italy france the united states canada australia singapore uh, china russia and, and, and a lot of other places all go to dubai for the glamour the glitz um and everything else that dubai has to offer and so uh, there's that they're targeting these people and a lot of times they do that in order to one gather information hopefully through that they can gain information to their bank accounts and then commit bank fraud in the uae which happens to be a tax-free country Israel and Iran are pointing the finger at each other. With now the Israeli National Cyber Directorate and the Israeli Defense Forces and Security Agency determining that the Iran's Ministry of Intelligence orchestrated the attack that involved Hezbollah's Lebanese Cedar Cyber Unit. This was the attack on the Ziv Hospital in Sfat in Israel. In the statement, the INCd said the attack was thwarted before it could successfully disrupt hospital operation and impact medical treatments. But they did; they were able to get access to. Um, some medical files from the uh facility there as well and israel obviously as many of you know a lot of gas stations in iran 70 percent of them are not functioning at the moment and that's due to an attack being uh, attributed to israel or being claimed by a cyber group that is uh pro-israeli so they're trading blows at each other right now it's bound to get, get get very fresh here in the next several weeks especially as the war in gaza intensifies and continues uh, the progress to destroy Hamas there. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, live with all the latest and greatest before we head off to a long, long break. We'll be back on Tuesday, the 26th, uh, Monday's Christmas Day, so we obviously won't have a show on Monday. Uh, We'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week as well. Go check out our Substack, some really great stuff dropping over the next several weeks on our Substack, so you can go and check that out and support the show that way thank y'all for tuning in have a great rest of your day merry christmas happy holidays and see you tomorrow stay cyber safe we love feedback so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform